my dad came to me and he said just one thing until you you are you are 25 do not optimize for money optimize for failures no not even lessons or wins optimize for failures you have to fail as many times as possible until you are 25 Welcome to The Mountain Pass, a podcast about lifelong learning, curiosity, and our wonderful brain. Topics we love at Alp Audio. But this isn't a podcast about Alp the product. Rather, it's conversations driven by our curiosity. We are all lifelong learners, and I wanted to interview Mohit exactly because of this. Mohit has been building different products and teams for the past few years in completely different spaces, from apps, crypto to mailman what he's working on today. We definitely went down the learning rabbit hole in this one and how learning new concepts can change your world view on just about everything. Let's dive in. Mohit, thank you so much for coming on the Mountain Pass. I wanted mm-hmm. to dive straight. So oh, my pleasure. I wanted to dive straight into, you know, your LinkedIn profile says you are a serial maker. So why don't we just start with mm-hmm. that? Tell us about that. What have you been making over the past few years? I know one of your products, but not all of them. So I think that's a great starting okay. point to introduce you. Okay, fantastic. Ah, uh, so. Uh, this phrase serial maker actually has a little bit of history i did not know who i am until la- the last year 2020 i thought i am a founder i thought i am uh, uh, an engineer but then I, 2020 was the year when i had time to sit down i just exited from my previous company so i had time to sit down to think about uh, who i am really and then to build something uh, that that complements my style uh, then i realized hey ever since from childhood there's there's been one constant thing which is making uh whenever there is an opportunity to make something i immediately get so excited that i do not care about anything else um and if i go back into my childhood when i was uh, 7 8 when i was when I, when i used to watch cartoons in those days i used to make new episodes of uh, uh, cartoons i mean i would take uh, my favorite car- cartoon characters and make new episode mix and match up and these are just for me myself um and then i li- and then i grew a little bit uh, older uh, when all of my uh, neighborhood uh, kids kids in my neighborhood and all, all of my friends they were getting new new toys we were not really too well off we 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 uh, we we definitely had food on our plates but we were not too well of that we could uh, afford all the fancy stuff so when you could not uh, buy something uh, you tend to make a makeshift version of that thing so if somebody had a toy car uh, you would probably take a plank and put four bearing wheels on it and try, and try to ride it as a car so that had an entirely different uh, uh, enjoyment and fun to me uh, i realized and slowly slowly over next few years making became my default choice whenever i had to choose between making and buying and i i constantly started observing that in in everything that i did be it the products that i do uh, be beat some things that i want to buy and those things are expensive i know uh, i could find around things that i could assemble together and make a makeshift version of it just to experience the uh, 
um just 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 to have that experience of owning something uh, that does something like that um so that's why i realized in last year that if nothing else if if i'm stripped of of everything that i have ultimately what will remain is a maker and uh, that's that's why i call myself a serial maker um i mean i gave some glimpses of the things that i have made but uh, professionally in career uh, in 2013 i started making um products before that i was just making apps and websites for uh individual organizations or individual people a small teams when i was in college that was my first business um which gave me some little extra pocket money uh but after that um i just i just started making products so when i so i i realized there were multiple project uh, projects that came in which were kind of similar so similar project management systems similar invoicing tools where where some features were requested by three four people so i started making them as independent products and uh, uh, that's when i learned about saas subscription billing recurring revenue mrr arr all of this thing i built those and i failed many many times i mean i knew how to build it <laughs> that's what i was learning and i did not know what to do after building something uh that <laughs> that one thing what to do after building something took me 4 5 years to finally learn uh which is distribution uh all i thought was if you make something that people want they'll find you and they'll come to you but then i realized boss for them to find you you have to be present at, in in as much as as many as in as many places as possible so that they can f- um, find you if they start looking out for uh you so this was one thing gap because everybody says make work, may, uh, make something that people want i mean making is fine but uh, how do you make this thing reach to the people who want it this distribution is something that took me really long time to learn and uh, uh, three products um to, uh, for me to learn i i failed these three four times i learned finally distribution then finally i started understanding what to make how to make how to distribute how to get that initial traction and how to build on top of it so yeah now some notable products that i built were gorilla so gorilla was an invoicing cloud invoicing app for indian small businesses i mean i don't remember exactly but i think we were the first one to, to be on cloud um the alternatives were local your accountant would use it you would send emails excel sheets and this and that so this was a very simple accounting app uh, we had 300 300 some fear 300 something paying customers in the first year and that number sounds so small that i immediately shut it down i mean those were the days this is 2013 14 when facebook was uh, uh, raising millions of dollars and uh, there were some companies in india uh, flipkart uh, who was raising millions tens of millions of dollars and they had millions tens of millions of users compared to that 300 users as a startup in in first 15 months sounded like we had nothing uh, so which in hindsight is wrong i mean 300 paying customers for a saas business in first 15 months is great um and a sustainable business could be made out of it but i was i was i was, I was having wrong wrong benchmarks so i gave up on it too soon i shut it down i built something else the next notable thing that i uh, did for uh, multiple years is a product called hontel uh it was a notification system for android developers i mean those were the days when notifications were not actionable um you do, you could not control too many notifications all, all all as as a developer all you would get is ability to send 
one line one word description and uh, a link that would open when you click on the notification but we made a system for android developers where android developers could send actionable notifications they could do as much as accepting the entire payment credit card into the notification in, within the notification itself that had uh, uh, good uh, acceptance with uh, within the android developer communities uh, businesses uh, who had their main business as android apps and in india in india those were the days where when ios was not very uh, prevalent uh, android was the number one uh, operating system that people would cho choose and which was also affordable in those days so uh, we got multiple businesses using our system uh, until i think it was android n or android o i think it was android n when android n came out with notification system which were actionable so slowly slowly over the next 12 months our users started churning out because they were getting native systems very similar free of cost uh, and uh, uh, supported by uh, almost all the new android phones so this was something that uh, slowly we started going down downhill uh, since that android version launched uh, so eventually we um, uh, eventually one of our investors itself uh, bought out the technology to use in their product so that's how i i, I exited this particular company uh, and it was a reasonable economical financial reasonable financial outcome for most of the stakeholders who were involved in this uh, particular project after this i took some time because then i didn't know what to make i mean i had many many ideas i always have many many ideas but this time i learned something new which was the product was good people wanted it but something totally out of the blue uh, killed it um, in a sense i'm sure we could we, we could have survived somehow but uh, you know as they say what if google builds this i mean this is a feature not a product so those were the lessons that i learned from that one particular uh, i would oh, failure slash minor success that um, that answer is I, so common <laughs> you know if google can yep. build it it's a feature it's not a product yes i mean uh, i i i heard this question for many many of uh, many 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 people many many customers before and all i said was if google could build it they would have built it i mean i think some things um, I, I i was in denial that google wouldn't build it because for many many versions notifications sucked but ultimately i think it's just about priorities uh, when when notifications and watch uh, screens where watch screens i mean very tiny screens where the best kind of user interface is a notification when those started become popular i think um, notifications uh, became relevant in their roadmap and maybe that's why they were late but then they eventually came out now notifications actionable notifications are everywhere i mean uh, that 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 is the uh, default kind of notifications that you expect uh, notification to be more contextual uh, to have as much information as possible and if you want to reply or do something in in a notification at least some basic actions are there in the notifications now yeah so those were two major notable things that i did uh then there was uh, a gap where i did not make anything but i was just investing in other startups uh, and uh, crypto startups mostly crypto startups and i did a, this small fund called authority capital so this was a time where, where where i was taking some time to not immediately jump into building the next stuff but also to learn and understand the various other industries and the world uh i did it for 3 years um uh, that that was fantastic i mean uh uh when i jumped into crypto in 2016 17 it was it was an entirely different realm i mean it 
just this ideology question my assumptions about the world so much that it kind of changed whole of me i don't think i am the same person who believes uh in something now it the, the one big thing that it taught me was first principles i mean i think all of us believe that we think from first principles but first principles have different different levels i mean this crypto ideology and spending time with within crypto communities taught me about how to question something that you have assumed that you have been taught that this is true uh, for your entire life uh, that is uh, now that gave me entirely different perspective on things not just within crypto but outside crypto in in the outer world where i realized so this this ideology led me to question myself who am i which led to the answer if nothing else if 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 somebody takes everything away from me and leave me with nothing then in the end i'm just a maker so yeah that's that's kind of the story that was a that was a great answer there's a lot actually want to unpack but first off when you say you learned things from first principles then that changed how you look at everything mm-hmm. in the crypto world specifically what what are you talking about okay uh i don't know how deep do you want to go but uh, uh, the 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 deeper the better is our general theme <laughs> okay. in the mountain pass <laughs> okay fantastic okay so as a kid i don't know if you have ever questioned but there was some metal coins and i used to believe and this is trust me not making this up but when i think back that this was the my question in those days i kind of um, am astonished myself so i used to ask or i used to tell i i actually assumed that if i have a uh, um a 50 cent coin so the the metal used in this coin is worth 50 cents that's how uh, that's how some coins are thick some coins are thin some coins are heavy some coins are light some coins are made of different metals so this was i how i understood coins okay and even in the even in the currency notes i don't know in other countries but in india there used to be uh, a metal strip that goes across uh, uh, that goes vertically across the currency note and i was saying think that this metal strip is maybe of more expensive material um, that's why the this, this currency note has value because this metal has value this metal is of worth this thing so this was my thought my assumption fast forward 2016 i was reading this book called sapiens and in sapiens what blew my mind was this assumption that something that is within the currency note or within the currency coin is valuable that's why that coin is valuable this question this blew my mind i realized the metal used was worth uh, pennies but the value was more than that why is the difference between the value of the metal used versus the value of the coin itself i mean just because a metal which is very inexpensive metal is shaped something like this in in a particular shape it has some other value i mean that realization blew me and i went on the quest to find answers uh answer to why does this particular shape of an inexpensive metal has higher value one second and from there i realized something called the power of stories power of narration narratives 
power of trust power of belief power of faith i realized almost everything that we look around us is a story so for example i can give you some examples if you have time so let me know or stop me whenever you want me to no, stop no go go for it i mean i i completely so, connect to the story you're saying because when i when i first explained crypto or bitcoin to my parents mm-hmm. my father comes from a background of cryptography so he he gets that aspect to it but then trying to explain to my mother about ascribing value just because there's a shared belief just because there's a shared story mm-hmm. and nothing tangible mm-hmm. and then kind of showing mm-hmm. her how that's exactly how you know a paper bill gets value or a metal coin just like you were describing gets value and it's yes. it's like in the matrix with the red pill and the blue pill all of a sudden you know when you embrace yeah. it it really does change how you look at things so definitely keep on with the examples absolutely okay so fantastic so this is this is fantastic on uh, direction that we are taking uh so some stories i'll give you a very simple thing i mean let's forget about money and everything we have so many corporations companies google facebook um, uh, all across the world and there's some value that we assign to it through uh, the value of their stocks and all until now all until now we have tried to figure out some mathematical formula based on uh, their manufacturing uh, based on their uh, uh, head count based on their production value based on based on so many different mathematical num- numerical formulas so that we could find a market capitalization for a particular corporation but if you think of it what is a corporation and i mean is corporation is 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 corporation the building in which everybody goes and work will corporation cease to exist if they change the building or is corporation the people uh, i mean are people not replaceable uh, can you replace the uh, people are is is corporation uh, something else so what is a corporation at the end of the day corporation is just one identity that is written in some database uh, registrar of companies uh, once that entry is made the corporation exists with or without people with or without land with or without resources assets with or without uh, production with or without anything so that value in that register in their database somehow gets value because of everything that happens around it and it's very easy to kill a corporation you just remove the database or you just liquidate the corporation which means you just uh, make that entry uh, uh, all, all almost nullable so this is the story of corporation but what is corporation i mean how do people get together how do people make something how do how do uh, these people make something that other people use now here is the here here is the power of story narrative finding something that is missing building a story around it i mean same product made by two different corporations can have two different outcomes uh, and these two different outcomes uh, ultimately ultimately uh, are based on two different narratives that these two companies chose for their very similar products and this realization kind of made me think when everything is so subjective when everything is so subjective uh, why do we try to find value of a company through some very objective factors that doesn't sound uh, that doesn't sound right to me and then a few things that i observed later on kind of kind of uh, confirmed what i was thinking i'll give you an example i mean 
Tesla immediately blew up. I mean, uh, none of this is financial advice. I mean, you can put in those disclaimers. I'm just sharing some observations. Tesla, wasn't, I wasn't expecting uh, with, to put a disclaimer when before we recorded, but okay. <laughs> I'll add it in. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, yep. Uh, I mean, uh, if you look at so Tesla, some people say with similar production quality, with similar production, uh, why why is the value jumping up so high? I mean, if you think about it, Tesla is Tesla. I mean, a, one of the big factors of Tesla is Elon Musk. Uh, and while Elon, Elon Musk has multiple companies, you cannot invest or participate in any of the other companies as a retail investor, as an individual. I mean, if you have some, uh, but for, for 98% of the people, the only way to bet on Elon Musk is to invest in Tesla. The only way. You cannot invest in Elon Musk in any other way. So when Elon Musk makes an American astronaut uh, go to International Space Station from American soil in an American rocket, a lot of Americans would want to invest in Elon Musk, Something, somebody who did that after many, many years. But how do you invest or how do you make a bet on this one individual? There is no other way. The only way is through one of his companies, which is public. None of his other companies are public. So again, I'm not saying that is the sole reason, but I'm saying this: these are the kind of narratives which go in somebody who wants to make a bet. I mean, these are the kind of narratives which no mathematical formula can uh, capture. And a lot of very... Uh, uh, purest traders or investors would 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 uh, complain about this one particular phenomena that hey you should value a company in on these particular parameters but again a new thing that i learned was you cannot tell how the world should behave or what the world should believe in i mean you can put forward your version of truth and then it's up to the world to believe it or not. If you say a value of the company should be believed on these three parameters, maybe the purists will agree. But then there are so many irrational people who do not really care about all of these things. They just see one thing and they make the bets in just based on this one factor. In their one, so ultimately, to make any decision, you have to convince just yourself, just yourself, nobody else. And when you have convinced yourself, hey, I just want to make a bet on Elon Musk through this one company then you're making a battle then you're making better in Elon Musk through this one company no matter what the other other purists say so these are the things that i realized power of stories power of narratives and similar thing happens with your currency i mean you value one dollar at one dollar i mean this particular paper at one dollar uh, because government says so because your government says so there's absolutely no other reason this i mean uh, so now we are going one level deeper. Purists say this company is worth $220 million, for example. If I ask this purists, why do you think $250 million has the value of $250 million? How do we calculate that? Do we calculate all the paper and do we pick? Then there's no answer. I mean, just going one level deep. Uh, so these are the kind of things, this is the kind of thinking that Sapiens taught me. To understand that at the bottom of everything at the bottom of every country at the bottom of every religion every uh, at the bottom of every corporation at the bottom of every uh, currency there is a narrative there is, is a story and that is it 
when people start to believe when more and more people start to believe in these stories the value of something goes up uh when more and more people stop believing in these stories the value of something goes down that that is the ultimate first principle i mean there's nothing else and this applies to anything and everything this applies to land for example a piece of land can have different values for different people if you plan to use this particular piece of land say for setting up a factory it will have a different value to you versus if you plan to use this particular piece of land to set up your home uh and the third third version a particular land that is that was owned by your ancestors will have entirely different value to you than anybody else in the world and none of this can be captured by mathematical formulas or any formula or any justification the only justification is what you gave or i gave in my head to myself uh so it's it's about what stories are people telling to themselves uh we do not need stories to tell to anybody ultimately we just tell stories to ourselves just to justify our actions so the world is only about not corporations products anything the world is only about stories that we tell people we give option as uh, we give as an option to the world that they can tell to themselves to believe or uh, give value to something amazing so i want to take a pause for a second and mm-hmm. kind of zoom in on this whole aspect because maybe someone who is listening listening now was going through the same journey that you had gone through when you were learning this on your own um and that's because a lot of these concepts aren't intuitive for people who grow up in mm-hmm. I mean I'll speak for myself in a in a western society where there are a lot of things that you take for granted right like mm-hmm. that a that a dollar is worth a dollar um land in New York is always going to be valuable <laughs> mm-hmm. all kinds of things like that and you never really question those beliefs and then when you start going down this journey of learning sometimes sometimes you need someone to show you the way sometimes mm-hmm. you need someone to answer the questions that pop up in your mind learning has a lot of different levels right mm-hmm. so there's just acquiring the knowledge and hearing a theory um and the question is where do you even hear that and then when you hear it you immediately react to it you agree you disagree you have questions that pop up that you want to ask and then there's who do you ask what answers mm-hmm. do they give so there's this entire learning journey and mm-hmm. i want i want to dive into that experience for you also on this whole topic because i think this is just as much an emotional journey as it is a knowledge cognitive one being able to embrace a new world view in my mind deals much more with emotion and admitting that you've been looking at things the wrong way than it actually does with plain being convinced of a new theory mhm um and also i think this connects to what you were talking about before in terms of how you made your way to being you know that serial maker and realizing that you were building all of these products but if you build it no one will come and you need to work on distribution and yeah. that also is a shift in your mindset and all of a sudden this like wow wow wait a second <laughs> i need to be focusing on distribution i need to be thinking about marketing my product before i even build it what does that even look and so what's mm-hmm. your learning journey look like i mean it can be about one of those both of those uh, maybe what was different maybe what was the same but how how did you learn about each one of those what were those stages got it okay uh over a period i've realized 
the method that works for me for learning is by failing i mean uh, and it was a long journey uh, this is the conclusion that i have realized and uh, what so here's how i did it when i was young i had very low stakes to fail so i could fail multiple times uh, and the best thing was when i was 21 my dad came to me i just passed out of my college and everybody was trying to get a job and everything my dad came to me and he said just one thing until you you are you are 25 do not optimize for money optimize for failures no not even lessons or wins optimize for failures you have to fail as many times as possible until you are 25 nobody cares if you have won or not, uh, if you have made a million dollars but if you have failed enough you will have so much exposure you have to, you would have so much um, learning that nobody at the age of 26 would have so you have to fail multiple times in different different ways that's all i care about that gave me the uh, uh, confidence to fail i mean to take a plunge is easier when you know that failure is an accepted is is an accepted outcome not just by you but people that you look up to uh so i think that one conversation with my dad was one of the life changing conversations that i had with anybody uh that came in confidence to hey i do not have to win i just have to try and ultimately fail so as long as i fail and as soon as i fail i can fail as many times so uh optimizing for failure when your stakes are low is one of the best things that you can do uh i i also call it uh, failing in in the shadows everybody i again i'm again talking of building products where you have no distribution so nobody knows what you're doing but you're doing something in the shadows and you're just failing you're just failing but when you fail enough number of times you become master of at least one thing for example say after a year after two years you become master of building products then you have to fail at next thing next thing that you have to fail at is distribution again you fail it for two years you fail it by do, doing different different so this time you have built something that can sustain uh, you for another two years of failing uh, in 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 a new manner so you build something and this time you just fail at distribution this time you try podcasts you try blogs you try running advertisements you try sponsoring something you try to buy billboards you try you try and do everything just to fail in distribution once your product is ready after 4 years you would have learned product you would have learned distribution if not learned but at least you would know various think things that you can do in both these areas in the 5th year now anybody who would be listening they would question hey i do not have 4 years or 5 years i'll i'll come to it i'll come to it how to optimize for failures even further but this is how you do when your stakes are very low when nobody knows you when you are in the shadows you just try and fail as many times as possible this is what i did this is this is what worked for me but in the fifth year you would have so many lessons that nobody uh, else would have who is just planning for four years to be perfect at product at uh, be perfect at distribution in the first go so somebody is planning and learning and learning and learning through books theoretical theoretical learning but they nobody would have uh, your experience at failing uh in the fifth year that you have in fifth year so this is what you do when you have uh, lower stakes but suppose you do not have such low stakes suppose uh, you are uh, you you, uh, you have some responsibilities that you need to take care in that case i would fail at learning by doing thought experiments how i would do it is very simple i would learn from somebody else's failures i would think of something i plan to do it could be as simple as um 
making a table i would just think in my mind hey something like this would work something like this would work and then i will go on youtube and look at people making tables so the point is this i do not go on youtube learn how to make table and then think in my head i first think in my head then go on to youtube and then see how how close was uh, was i and this applies to anything and everything if for example if uh, i had to start running a social uh, social media advertisement for my company mailman i would not learn how these other inbox companies or how other productivity companies are trying to do it first i'll do it on my own because when you first see other people doing it you log yourself in one particular direction instead of exploring all the directions and some people would say one direction is better than no direction it is but not initially initially it is better to explore all the directions and even if so and not again not with high stakes so if again now with mailman if i have high stakes there there is a growing company i cannot afford to fail at a, a bigger scale with mailman so i would run advertisements only for say 1000 dollars but i would spread these 1000 dollars across 10 different kind of advertisements then i'll take my lessons i'll take my learnings then i'll go and study how to do these ads and i'll see where how close was uh, was I, how how close Uh, or how far i i was so this is what oh, this is my current method of learning which is to do an to do a thought experiment so if i can afford to do a small scale experiment then i do a small space scale experiment which is like $500 $1000 this is small scale scale experiment and with which takes less than 2 weeks $1000 less than 2 weeks i do a small scale experiment and not just one multiple experiments i take all of my learnings if i cannot afford to do it then i do a thought experiment i do a thought experiment and then i go to the learning resources to um, uh, to to really see how far i was uh, from the direction that other people took that's where i co- correct my course i do multiple rounds of these with multiple books multiple learning resources multiple um, podcasts multiple youtube videos youtube channels ultimately i accelerate the same process of 5 years i finish the same process within 4 5 months so this is my current way of doing it this is what has worked for me this is process that i have not learned from any other book or any other person this is a process that worked for me just just me uh, and uh, i think it worked for me because i started doing it when the stakes were low so i think not being being an unknown person in a noisy world has also its merits so yeah that's 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 how i optimize my learning and these days my learning resources are only two uh, either audiobooks or podcasts i mean uh, i don't i don't somehow i do not have attention to sit and read for uh, multiple hours now which i used to have at one point in time uh, and i'm so distracted by screen so whenever i'm doing some house chores or uh, doing taking a walk or working out i just put on a audiobook on, or a podcast in my ears just just to simultaneously uh, uh, grasp everything yeah so so this this is how this is my uh, macro level procedure of learning and this is what i tactically do to uh, learn so first off i think your dad's advice is just pure gold uh, and it's wonderful to hear that advice i was blown away by that i think it's that's really timeless um um that's also i think one of the things that i'm the thing that i'm going to be taking away from our conversation it's such a great mm-hmm. such a great piece of advice for young people um 
second of all, I just wanted to ask what, what you meant when you said that you think there's an advantage of being a non-noisy person in a noisy world. So, yeah. So advantage of being an unknown in a noisy world. So uh, you can actually, when, when you are not known and everybody is trying to like attract attention towards themselves, think of it like as a playground where you can just do anything and everything. Uh, you can fail as many times as possible uh, as you want and nobody will notice nobody will even care uh, and that sometimes give anxiety but many times it gives that sense of relief that hey okay actually i failed i did something i tried i failed the important thing is that it gives you that playground to try when everybody is looking up to you that trying becomes difficult because uh, when everybody has high expectations of you, that trying becomes, uh, uh, that trying takes time and planning, which means uh, you think of something. But, so when you are unknown, the difference between you thinking of something and doing something is very less. It's like almost instantaneously. But when you are known, thinking of doing something and doing something, there is a distance. Uh, uh, and that 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 is with planning, uh, because repercussions will be uh, can can be massive. So that's what I meant. Um, there is a merit to being unknown in a noisy world, uh, because that gives you playground to try and fail. If you win, that's a bonus, but just optimize for failures. Got it. Got it. So what I was hearing was a lot of learning by doing. Um, also, the failures are failures of experiments that you're running that you're working on but there was also an aspect of learning by listening mainly listening mm -hmm. but you know learning from other people's failures mm -hmm. and where does a i'm just curious when do you find the time for your learning where does it fit into your daily habits or your daily schedule mm -hmm. okay yes and second do you find that you miss kind of the more I'll call it the academic side, but more of the, the general frameworks about things. So I'll take these questions one at a time. So how do I find time? I mean, beautiful question. Uh, this is this had been my struggle a few years back where I was doing so many things. I just could not find time to read books. So there was a time when I was reading one book a week and I was just going through books. And uh, I when I read book, I make two things very sure. Uh, unless it's a fiction, I do not engross too much into a book. I try to just get gist of it and move on. Uh, if I do not enjoy a book after a certain point, I just drop the book. Uh, completing the book is not uh, something which is really important to me. I just try to get uh, the sense of the book. So I was going through uh, many, many books. Um, but then a few years ago, I was just indulged in too many things, not physically, but mentally. In my head, I was uh, doing too many things that I could not find attention to sit and read one book or focus on one book. Uh, so what worked for me was listening to audio. Uh, and listening to audio is so beautiful that you can do even while doing something else. So if you are commuting, you can play an audiobook. If you are doing your dishes, you can play a podcast. If you're taking a walk, working out, instead of music, so instead of music, in my earphones, I uh, started playing audiobooks or podcasts. 
I limited my music listening only when I was working. So when I'm working, I'll play music, uh, which helps me focus. Other than that, there was no point when uh, music would be playing in my ears. Uh, uh, so yeah, so this was how this is how I found uh, I found time. Anytime I was uh, list, I, I I found myself opening up uh, Spotify and listening to music. I changed it and started opening Audible or my podcast app. Uh, what is the second question? <laughs> the second one was about general frameworks. So kind of marrying the hands-on practical knowledge that you're getting from from failing and from running tests and from actually doing to the broader mm -hmm. picture. Maybe it's more academic. Okay. I don't uh, necessarily think about it that way. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay, so I'm just thinking about it. I have never thought about it i do enjoy going through frameworks that other people have come up with but somehow i'm not able to recall a framework that has word to word worked for me uh uh i think i i don't think i have paid enough attention or a lot of attention to other people frameworks as in to adopt uh, to adopt them in my life some things a few things I did have, uh, like um, uh, making sure to uh, uh, walk a little bit, irrespective of your workout or work schedule. Uh, so th these are the things that I have definitely picked up from other people, but I don't think I have picked up any framework of about thinking uh, from somebody as it is. The only framework that I have thinking and I'm still learning is to try to think from first principles as much as possible. Uh, I still think there is a lot of progress to be made uh, in my thinking, and yeah, yeah. So, so that would be it. And how I measure my thought processes, I listen to some interviews, two-hour-long interviews on Tim Ferriss podcast or Joe Rogan podcast, where he's interviewing the uh, best people in the world, best performance of the world. So whenever he asks question to them, I pose it. And I try to answer it myself. So if I know enough about the subject, I try to just answer it or what could be a good answer. And just, I just play the, again, the same thing. First, I think in my head, a thought experiment, then I play uh, the original answer. And then I see uh, what kind of direction the other person took, who is really involved in that thing. So this is one exercise that I often do. Uh, yeah, but, but uh, I don't think I do anything else apart from this when it comes to frameworks. Got it. We're, I mean, we're busy working on audio learning that's also hands-on. So when we when we figure out how to measure, how to marry audio that you're doing passively with also hands-on, mm -hmm. I'll let you know, because I think we'll have something powerful when we figure that out and out. Absolutely. Um, so Absolutely. just to kind of wrap up, what do you do for fun? <laughs> what do I do for fun? I mean, make some more stuff. I mean, side projects, they're always... <laughs> Few different side projects, uh, or or when I'm absolutely not in mood of uh, uh, sitting on my desk, sitting in my chair, I would lie on my couch and watch some movie or something. I mean, I I nowadays now nowadays uh, movies has gone down, but before lockdowns, before COVID, I used to watch at least one movie every week in theaters. I mean, I am. I am such a huge fan of listening to stories and I don't think there's any movie that I have disliked. I just like all the movies. 
so movies is one thing that i do for fun other than that i just make some silly side projects any examples so again these are side projects which you would not find on the internet these are something that i keep doing <laughs> for myself so now uh, they, they so some examples would be i had this cctv camera in one part of the house and i just and this camera would take photos every few minutes so i was just building for example a small small image recognition so the, a small tool where i would categorize all of these images say in this image there is one person in this image there is two people in this image uh, so people are not not wearing mask in this image um, somebody is moving somebody is going somebody is sleeping like these are kind of things um, and i i wanted to um make an automation system so that i i get a notification eventually when something similar happens hey somebody is walking in two people are coming in three people are coming in um uh, uh two people without masks are coming in things like that so that so that i get a notification because this cctv camera only would send a notification something like this hey something is moving which was a notification and every time i would open the feed and i would look at the camera but uh, i really did not uh, get a lot of information from the notification so this was something that i was building again abandoned at uh, one point another thing that i was building was uh, this was a physical thing i was trying to build a i was trying to build a self balancing motor that i could attach in my uh, scooter uh, i had i had an old scooter so that i could make it self balancing i mean again there is no purpose the definition of silly side project is there should be not a huge purpose behind doing something you do it just because to find out can you do it so yeah these are two examples of uh, the recent things that i have done cool so just before we wrap up and i know we're kind of towards the end of our time but i wanted to know how you went mm-hmm. from the serial making to mailman which is what you're working on now which for everyone listening is um i think about it i use it it's the way to control and safeguard your time and basically it's a big pause button on your email and imagine it as a mailman who delivers your email whenever you want throughout the day that can be once it can be twice it can be every hour on the hour and it just helps you control your workflow so how did you get from serial making thinking about what you want to do you know in the beginning of 2020 to mailman uh first of all beautiful definition how you described uh, mailman uh okay so the story of mailman is again very funny i mean i was uh, doing these crypto investments and then i stopped doing it this startup investments uh, because i was just too frustrated just talking and thinking about numbers 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 uh, i was not satisfied satisfied so i wanted to start building a company again and this is 3 uh, years of just doing investments and talking just about money and um, numbers so i wrote this small script again one of the silly side project i wrote this small script that would pause my inbox and would deliver all the incoming emails in batches every 4 hours this was the script that i used to get some focus time to do research and find out what i want to do next what i want to build next and i was doing this research for multiple months that's when andrew wilkinson my partner uh, here in tiny capital uh he tweeted out that he is looking to achieve something like this with his gmail inbox i sent him an email with a loom video how to achieve this script and how to do this he replied what do you think can this be a business so 
this side side so this small script that i was using to find focus time to find the business ideas became the business idea itself and andrew and i chatted a little bit about hey what could this product look like and we shook our hands we made a deal and we started working on this as a business so yeah uh, it was one of the silly side projects which uh, eventually found one more person who kind of needed something very similar and from there two of us started building this thing um, we started marketing this thing and mailman came into existence of it so how can people find you uh, the best way to reach out to me is uh, on my twitter i'm very active there and is the only social media that i use uh, i am uh, at mohit mamoria my first name and last name m o h i t m a m o r i a on twitter uh, if mo just just dm me my dms are open and uh, very often i'll ask you to drop me an email then uh, or if you directly want to email something to me uh, then i am very active on my emails as well my email is mohit@mailmanhq.com m a i l m a n h q.com the only caveat is that i have mailmen on my inbox so <laughs> it usually takes me 24 to 48 hours to respond to new people <laughs> great use case great use case well mohit thank you so yeah. much for taking the time uh, and sharing your learning story learning about the world from new eyes this has been fantastic hey thank you so much yashwa i absolutely enjoyed this conversation uh, all the best to your podcast <laughs>